Hey, welcome to Plant Yourself. I'm your host, Howard Jacobson. Two quick announcements before we get to today's show. If you're interested in becoming a health coach, I'm offering another run due to popular demand for people who can't make 8 p.m. on Wednesday nights, Eastern Time. So we're doing another run of the program, which will meet the practicums will meet at 10 a.m. on Wednesdays, Eastern Time U.S., which means if you're in Europe or Africa, uh, that might be good for you. Also, if you're in the US and evenings aren't good and you have free time in the mornings, either 7 a.m. Uh, Pacific time or 10 to 1130 Eastern, then you can participate. If you want to find out more about becoming a wicked effective health coach, you can go to wellstartcoach.com. Second thing is, if you're not aware of it, Josh Lajani and I have a book that is free on Amazon Kindle. It's called Sick to Fit. And if you just go to Amazon and search for Sick to Fit, you'll be able to download it for free and read it on any Kindle enabled device, even a phone, smartphone, tablet, computer, whatever. All right, let's get to today's episode. This is the Plant Yourself podcast. I'm Howard Jacobson of plantyourself.com and Wellstart Health. This podcast is part of my mission to help you live a trippy and transformative life. So I'm welcoming back to the show today, Carly Essay, Juan Carlos Essay. He was actually number 15 right when I started this show. And we talked then about his amazing transformation. Uh, you should go listen to that one. Um, we don't get into that story pretty much at all in the current interview. But if, if you want the backstory, he um, was sentenced to uh, a fairly long prison term for uh, dealing drugs and transformed himself in prison, came out a healthy plant-based fitness trainer, and the rest has been history. I talked to him shortly after his first film had come out called Unsupersize Me, which was uh, him helping a friend of his, Tracy, lose a couple hundred pounds and become fit and healthy through uh, his exercise regimen and a plant-based diet. And we've stayed in touch over the years. And most recently, he gave me a set of exercises to do that has pretty much obliterated my plantar fasciitis. And so I'm more or less pain-free, back to running, doing this probably 10 minutes um, three times a week. And it's made a huge difference in my life. And so I thought, hey, let's let's see what he's up to. So what he's up to is two more films. The second one was uh, Unsupersize Us. And this time he took a bunch of people from his uh, hometown of Gainesville, Florida, and they weren't obese like Tracy had been, but, you know, 30, 40, 50 pounds overweight and with significant chronic disease. And he wanted to show that through his regimens, lifestyle, diet, exercise, that you could get off the meds. And he showed that in that documentary, Unsupersize Us. And now he has coming out Unsupersize Me in Cuba, which is a Spanish language film that chronicles um, the transformation of a guy he met in Cuba. He wanted to um, produce something of value for the Spanish-speaking population of this country and of the world. And so we just got on the phone and kind of, I'll admit that I, I sort of geeked out a little bit on the um, the filmmaking aspects and asking him all these questions about, because, you know, his first film, I think it was like 4000 bucks, and he did everything himself. And 
I'm kind of into that. It seems like a lot of fun. So uh, forgive us if uh, forgive me if we end up talking a lot about documentarianism and filmmaking and all that. But we also um, talk about his philosophy of change, how he helps people change and how people can get these results without having to be in a film um, that he has uh, directed and produced. Before we get to the conversation, what are the items of business for today? Uh, again, one spot left. This is a, a hard spot to, to fill for the uh, Josh Howey retreat, which is coming up November 14th through 17th. If you want to find out more about that, it's going to be a two and a half day immersive experience. Uh, we're thinking of it as intensely casual or perhaps perhaps casually intense, where this is going to be like us living the life, uh, plant based mindset, movement, life. Uh, so, if, you know, you're looking to really jumpstart to really have experiences of health uh, and not just read about it, watch documentaries, you know, look up recipes. Um, this is it. Find out more about it at sick2fit. That's the number two, sick2fit.com slash retreat. Second thing is coach training begins this coming November. So next month, if you would like to become a wicked effective health coach, whether you're already a health coach and you'd like some more tools, some more arrows in your quiver, or whether you just want to make a career change and become a health coach and you'd like the best, most cutting edge methodology possible in the shortest amount of time. Or if you just want to like help family and friends the same way you might learn, uh, you know, auto mechanics just to change the oil in your car and your family's car and uh, be able to do tune ups and things like that. Health coaching is a remarkably fundamental communication skill. And so if you're interested, check it us. Check us out at wellstartcoach.com. That's all I can think of for now. So let's get to our conversation without further ado. Carly Assay, welcome back to the Plant Yourself podcast. Thank you. It's going to be back. It's been a while. It has. It's been, I think it's been over five years. I, I think it has been. Yeah, right about there. So I've, I've never done anything this long. So I'm kind of, <laughs> I'm kind of, I'm kind of impressed with myself seeing that uh, I've kept it up. You you also have been uh, have been continuing on the path. We When we had talked, you had just released... Uh, Unsupersize Me, a, a movie about a transformation based on plant-based eating and uh, some, someone under your tutelage as, as a physical trainer. That's right. So it was, uh, yeah, it was plant-based eating and exercise. And, and she lost 200 pounds in a year. Right. And I remember, yeah, I'm, I'm, and people can go listen to that interview, which is, which is still up in the archives. Um, so I, I kind of, you know, people should pause and go listen to that. And then we can, uh, you know, they'll, they'll be they'll be up to date. So first of all, what what did the movie do um, for the, the original one for you and for other people for the movement? Like what you put a ton of time and energy and money into it. What 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 what, what returns did you see in any domains that, that are important? My number one return that I was looking for was to show as many people as possible um, that uh, you don't have to. That there is a way out of that. That's um, that's easy and and very. Uh, um, it feels good to do. You're not suffering at all. You're not hungry, um, and it completely changes your health and you know what you can do physically as well. Um, and it reached so many people. There's over. 
uh, three million three million views now on the film. Um, wow. It's just uh, it's it's changed so many people's lives. I get emails all the time of people who have lost over 100 pounds. Uh, I think the biggest uh, loss is one guy lost 260 pounds um, after seeing the movie. So it's really changed a lot of people's lives, which was my main goal. I never honestly I never expected it to get as big as it did. It it got on Hulu and it was getting like up to 15,000 views a day. And I just I wasn't expecting that. It just a lot of people really related to. uh, to Tracy's plight. And, um, and they realized that they could, they could change their life when they saw it. Mm. And so the 3 million has been, was like Hulu. It was on what, Netflix or Amazon. Like where, where, yeah, where do people. That's, so that's just, um, uh, uh, one measurement. Uh, so now you can see it on Amazon, on Google. I don't actually have access to all the numbers, just the numbers that I am able to see. It was about 3 million um on uh so it's uh youtube uh amazon prime uh google play hulu uh was the main one which was on for like about nine months um it's on health matters network um so it's really more than that those are just the ones that i've been able to to see that people have seen the movie great and so what's what stories have you heard from people um well just that they were they thought that they uh were stuck being uh, obese or unhealthy um, for the rest of their lives. They thought there was no change for it. Um, a lot of them are just taking um, conventional medicine for things that can be fixed uh, just by being healthy. Um, and so it really has changed a lot of people's lives in that sense <laughs> that uh, they thought it was impossible for their health to change. And then they try plant-based and exercise and voila, they're healthy and feeling good again. So, I mean, one one of the the the, the points, the stories of of the movie is that you're tra uh, her trainer, and you're right. kind of, you know, in in certain like being being hard on her in certain ways. Like, you know, it was there's definitely like you know the training montage scenes, and and there's times where she's like you know despairing and ready to give up. How, so what did, how did people take the message that they could do it as opposed to they needed you to make them do it? Um, well, I tried to make it clear that um, it's really something that anyone can do. Um, obviously, her, her training was elevated a little bit um, because she was with me. I also provided a, a course that goes a lot of people are interested in how they can do it themselves. And so then that shows people, you know, the first workouts Tracy did, they're very, very basic. Um, and I outline exactly what they would need to do on their own as well. So you wouldn't need a trainer. So I, I try to make that clear that you don't have to have a trainer to do it. You can do it on your own very easily. Mm -hmm. gotcha. So then you, you made a second movie, I guess, with some of those stories. Yes. Yeah, so the, the second film is called Unsupersize Us. And that's, um, uh, the more vast majority of the population, which is not obese, just people that maybe have a belly and 30 or 40 pounds to lose. But there are so many people on medication, um, uh, blood pressure meds, uh, sleep apnea, um, uh, Crohn's disease, uh, a couple digestive diseases, um, depression. And those, um, a lot of those issues can be fixed just by changing your diet and exercising. So that's what I was really trying to show more in the second one was not the aspect of weight loss. I mean, we had good weight loss. They all lost 84 pounds in six weeks between the five of them. But uh, the main thing I wanted to show was that those medications could go away. 
because, you know, a lot of people hate the side effects of medications and they don't always really fix the problem. They just sort of, you know, maybe alleviate some symptoms, but then give you some other other uh, health issues. So I was trying to show that um, you can really get rid of a lot of a lot of medication through through eating a plant based diet and exercising. And that and it, and it and it worked. It was six weeks. And then I had them do six weeks on their own, um, which they continued to lose more weight and were able to maintain it. So when they were doing the six weeks on their own, they weren't working with me uh-huh. uh, at all. So that was also a way to show, like, you know, you can continue this on your own, too. Gotcha. So what, what, did, uh, what did you learn from the first movie that you applied to the second one? Uh, a lot of things. Um, uh, a lot of it had to do with more, like, filming, um, uh, how to, to take better shots, um, how to, you know, the first movie, I would just whip out the video camera wherever we were. Um, I didn't really know about sound and lighting. And were and you were second, you the main videographer? For- yeah, I, I did it all. I did the the music, the uh, the the video recording, which is hard to do when you're on camera too. <laughs> um, <laughs> I did the editing, so um, I really got a lot better. Because the first movie, I didn't even know how to edit. I didn't until I got done filming everything. Took me about a year to really put it together to make it a film that could that could be displayed on any kind of platform like uh, Hulu. Um, so I learned a lot in that arena. Um, I also learned, um, more about, um, in general, just, um, uh, things that people like to eat, um, uh, foods that are really popular, um, for plant-based eating. Um, and, uh, the exercise routine, I did take that from unsupersized me. I found that to be the best exercise routine you can use as far as maximizing your results in a quick way, which is a combination of the cardio and the weight training. So that really stayed the same. Um, the production, I guess, was the, the thing I learned the most about uh-huh. from the first film. Were there any shots that you wish you'd gotten in the first film? that you? Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, I wish I would have. One thing I, I'll tell you, that's, that brings up a good point. Um, I learned that you have to film everyone fat and unhealthy a lot in the very beginning because you don't have that for very long. <laughs> they start changing so quickly. Um, I wish I would have had more of Tracy when she was fatter <sighs> and more unhealthy. Yeah. And I'm guess I'm guessing that's the hardest time to put someone on camera because they're not comfortable with themselves and they don't you know you that well. Exactly. Exactly. So in the beginning, and she was, um, you know, there was a, this lo- sort of strange. Uh, relationship where we were friends and I was helping her train everything. And then when I recorded, she always, I could tell she was like, Oh, we have to record this. Like I, you know, it kind of reminded her that we were doing this movie and I was trying to document what was happening. So, um, I also had no track record track record at that point. Now, when the people do the films, they already know that I know what I'm doing and it's going to be a real movie. You know, it's not just some crazy guy filming them. So um, uh, now it's a little bit different. I mean, they pretty much do whatever I say and 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 follow follow uh, the plan. I, gu- I guess that, is a little different. Uh, I guess I guess that you, you having the confidence makes a lot of things that could be awkward a lot less awkward. You're just matter of fact about them now. Right. Exactly. Uh, and then and then and then having seen what happens, also they already know what happens. They've already seen the, the previous movies, so that mm-hmm. makes it a little bit more um, easy for them to dive in. So how how did you choose the five participants for Unsupersize Us? 
they were um, various people that I was associated with. Um, it was, one was my music teacher. Um, one was uh, a longtime uh, good friend of mine who owns a, a tennis racket club in Gainesville, who's al- always wants to lose weight and, and trying to get healthy. Um, and there were two other. Uh, one was a girl I've known a long time who was a local teacher. And uh, my mom was uh, best friends with her mom. And then the other person was uh, an English girl from England, actually, that was helping me write both my books, the the recipe book. She came in. uh, It changed her life when she saw the movie. And then she was like, hey, I, you know, I loved your movie. She wrote a really great article about Unsupersize Me. So I just told her I would like to uh, also do a book sometime if you're interested. And she was. So she came and started like doing the whole Unsupersize Me plan having great results. So then she, I decided to put her in the movie also. So that's, it was sort of just, you know, different people I know that I knew would want to do it. Uh, so, so did, I mean, did you think, were there people that you could have included, but didn't because of whatever? Um, I, you know, I think everyone that I asked wanted to do it. Um, I didn't really have to go for, I didn't really want to do more than five people because that was going to be, uh, a bigger project I'd want to take on. I mean, each person is in their own right, you know, a lot of, a lot of work, um, to film all the time and stuff. So, um, I didn't really run into, I haven't ever run into wanting to film someone, them not wanting to do it. Actually. Now what I run into is a lot of people wanting to be filmed. And yeah. we'll see that. What, to, what I'm thinking of is I went uh, a long time ago. I went to see uh, Penn and Teller, the magic duo on Broadway and in during intermission, um, Penn, the big, the tall guy, was walking around looking for people in the audience to be to be volunteers on his on their, on their next act. And like, I really wanted to do it. Like, I was raising my <laughs> hand, and he chose my wife, who's like quiet and shy and was not going to make any trouble. <laughs> and like, I'm thinking, like, you have to like, are there things you look for? or try to avoid when you're, when you're thinking about, cause there's a huge commitment. Exactly. Um, yes, I, I need to, I have to make the judgment. Like this person really does want to do this. They do want to change. So that is a, a judgment call that I've been, I've been successful with so far a hundred percent. Um, because, and the reason is, you know, if you pick the wrong person, that's really going to be a huge waste of your time and resources. So, um, I do have to make the assessment of are they dedicated? Do they really want to change? And usually you can tell if someone is, is really tired of, of being the way they are. You know, they're unhappy with their health or their or their body or the way they feel. Mm-hmm. And uh, and they do want to change. So that's sort of like my own little judgment call that I make. Uh-huh. Do you do you find the wanting is enough? Um, yes, um, that it, that it well, it all has to come with being inspired and wanting to change. Um, because if you want to do it, it's, as you know, I mean, it's, it's, it's great. You feel great. It's easy. It tastes great. Um, and I believe it's really the way, the way all humans are supposed to eat. Um, so I think that once you find that path and you see the results, uh, you feel so much better that there's no reason for you to go back. Mm-hmm. I wonder if, because, you know, I'm, uh, I'm with a, a company and we work with people and a lot of people, you know, people tend to come in, motivated. And it's, it's often not enough that there, there, there also needs to be like this, like self-efficacy, like uh, people come to us after they fail 3000 times. 
Right. <laughs> and I'm wondering if your movie, your if people have seen the movie that that that's becomes a non-issue. They're like, oh, Carly can can do these miracles with anyone, and they're kind of giving you their self-efficacy for a little while, and then you kind of have to give it back to them. Yes, I think you're exactly right. Um, and the, and there is an element to that that I always they do always have to have seen the first movie. Uh, that is a requisite because I do want them to understand what they're going to be doing and that it is going to work. So, yeah, I think there, there could be an element of that. Um, and then once they find that way and they, they see the path and they're like, oh, well, this is this is not only not hard to do, but it really works. And I feel much better that that's been my experience. That It's, you know, it's, it's something that they want to continue to do. Mm. So how, how do you help them deal with the typical things that uh, trip people up even after they've been successful and they're like, yeah, I get the food like, you know, family gatherings, alcohol, the things that that pull people back into their old ways? That, that's a, a very good question. So um, this is actually what my mom taught me when I was young. She always said, OK, Carly, well, you know, if you're going to eat McDonald's with your friends or, or whatever it is you're exposed to that's not healthy. Just pay attention. Go ahead and do it and pay attention to the way you feel afterwards. And you sort of and you, I became very in touch with when I felt good and when I didn't feel good based on what I was eating. So for me, um, when people ask, well, how do you, you know, not eat a, you know, a big chocolate cake or a pizza when you see it? Well, I, I have eaten that stuff and I know I know what I'm going to feel like after I eat it. And to me, it's not worth it. It's almost like, you know, volunteering to be sick or something, you know, why would I want to be sick if I don't, if I don't have to be. Mm -hmm. So I, that's what I try to make them do is be in touch with the way that you feel when you eat that stuff. I don't say, don't you ever eat that again. That doesn't work. Um, you have to, you have to allow them like, Hey, you're at a family gathering or something like that. Sure. You know, eat, eat, you know, eat the, the food that they're providing you and, uh, um, or at a party or a celebration or whatever, but just be aware of the way you feel when you eat it. Uh, but but there are people, you know, who are addicted to drugs and alcohol and gambling and pornography who know how they're going to feel afterwards and they know that it's not good and they do it anyway. Do you look out for um, like, you know, people who 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 have been using these substances for you know, really powerful emotional psychological reasons. Can you how do, how do you navigate that, that they're 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 using this as a as a crutch, as a as a medicine for something else? That is a that's a good question also. And I have so obviously Tracy had a, a major eating addiction um, and I had not really encountered that at that level before. Um, and what I try to do is to get them to replace and in the second film, I had a couple girls that were emotional leaders, too. Um, and I try to my my goal for them is to replace those foods that they like to eat with something healthy. If you want to go and, and 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 pig out because you're feeling upset or whatever, do it with, you know, broccoli or apples or whatever, <laughs> something that you like. Um, and so I try to make them make that mental switch that when you are going to do that, do it with something, a healthy food. Also. I, um, when you're dealing with an addictive personality, you know, you need to have someone that you can, you can talk to when that type of thing is going on. 
Um, for all the people that I work with, I am that person. Mm-hmm. But I think it is important um, when you do have some some type of addiction that you have someone to talk to, to talk you talk some talk some sense into you, you know, to um, uh, hear what you're saying uh, and listen to them and uh, try to help them get off that path because that is going to come up again. Obviously, those path pathways are strong in their brain. And it is going to come up again. Um, and there's also, you know, an aspect of those people needing some sort of uh, psychology, uh, some rearranging of their brain. Mm-hmm. And I am not a professional in that area, so I, I do the best that I can. Um, but you know, some of some of them may need to get some sort of uh, uh, psy- psychological help for those issues. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you, you, know, you focus on food and exercise it feels pretty equal like they're both like you know legs of the stool they're 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 the two things that people do there's a lot of research that the food is is like the biggest contributor to especially around weight loss and even some of these diseases what do you see as the benefits of exercise of physical exertion um either you know psychologically or physically because I agree that the physical is really important, but it, not in the way that not in the calories out way that people think about. Right. I agree with you. Um, so the exercise aspect, I'll, I'll, I'm going to use myself as an example right now because okay. I just had I just had knee surgery uh, uh, for a torn meniscus and I'm on crutches for six weeks. So it is very difficult for me to um, function at the same level mentally. Um, I certainly don't feel as positive uh, uh, as I normally do with exercise. I think exercise is very important uh, to help you deal with stresses every day. You have that endorphin release. And I find that I just uh, I think more clearly and I do better with everything when I'm able to get that endorphin release in my brain from doing exercise. Um, And physically, uh, having the strength to do every day activities, to be an active person, um, I think is very important uh, for your psyche and for your confidence. You know, if you feel like you're going to have trouble getting out of the bed or going up the stairs, that has a negative impact on uh, the way you view yourself, um, the way that you uh, talk to people. Uh, There's a lot of things that change when a person feels uh, strong and confident and able to do you know, different physical activities. So I think there's an aspect to both of those um, for your mental psyche that are very important. As far as the physical results, um, you know, exercise has definitely been scientifically uh, shown to uh, help with your brain. Um, uh, It's, 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 it's positive uh, fighting against disease against so many different things. Um, so I think uh, the two of them tied together, I would say if you had to pick one or the other, yes, nutrition, uh, you need to be eating plant-based. That's the number one thing. I always say that's the best thing I ever did in my life was going plant-based. Um, but I think exercise is not far behind. It's something that definitely needs to be done to really lead a truly happy life. Because right. I've uh, something I've discovered through you know, coaching um, with, with Josh Lajani. Um, do you know Josh? 
No, I don't. No. So he's the um, former 420 pounder from Louisiana, ex football player, you know, fried food eating, whiskey drinking guy who discovered sure. plants and running and was on the cover of Runner's World in at the end of 2016. Um, I did hear about him. Darcy told me about him. Yeah, so right. That's right. So, Dar yeah, Darcy is a, one of our, our, our star pupils. Um, yes, too. <laughs> we got we have to talk about Darcy a little bit before we before we close the conversation. But like so I would you know we would be coaching people and someone would come in and say, Oh, I had a slip up. I you know, at work they had the donuts and or I went out with my family and I was stressed out. And so I would immediately go to coaching them about the food. And I'd be asking him all these questions like, Were you hungry? and what were you thinking at that moment? And Josh would just say, How's your how's your movement protocol going? And they'd be like, yeah, it's been a few days. He's like, yeah. <laughs> like, he's just like, it's, a, you know, eating and, and exercising have nothing to do with each other and they have everything to do with each other. Yep, <laughs> exactly. I agree with that 100%. Yeah. Yeah. So um, did the, the people in the second film, were they, were you working with them as a group at all? Were they getting group support or is it just you one-on-one -on -one like you were with Tracy? Yes, um, there there was uh, both both aspects going on. So some of them would train together at the same time. It was really based on schedules because everyone had jobs and different schedules. So some people would work together um, for the workouts, but then we would have um, group challenges, physical challenges. So um, we had basically they were there was like a point system to where. Um, you know, if you would win uh, certain challenges, like we had a one mile run, a three mile run, um, a stadium challenge, um, uh, a rowing challenge, push ups. There was all types of different physical challenges going on. We also did an Iron Chef challenge for cooking, so they could all display their, their you know, their skills that they had learned of of uh, cooking. And that was a really good scene because we had one hour, and they were given beet uh, uh, beets and uh, eggplants. And so they had to make whatever dish they wanted out of beets and eggplants. And then they had to make a dessert out of, uh, I think it was uh, papaya, some sort of dessert with papaya. So it was really, uh, that was really cool to see how creative they were with, um, with those ingredients and how much better their cooking got since, we, since when we started the film. So there, uh, were, there were both group and individual challenges. Gotcha. And when, when did filming end for Unsupersize Us? Um, it ended, I want to say, uh, about two years ago. Um, it's so it's now just been released on. Um, it takes a little while for the um, distributor to get it on uh, the different networks. It just got on Food Matters Network and um, uh, Google Play and Amazon Prime. It's on like an Apple Apple. So it's on those platforms. Gotcha. Um, so it, yeah, it's been done about two years, I think. Gotcha. So are, when when your people who were in the movie see the movie, like, did you have a screening where you they kind of like yeah. looked back? Like, it must be so weird yes, for them. They, 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 yeah, we had a screening uh, here in Gainesville, and uh, and they all came, and it was, um, yeah, I mean, I they you know they it was impressive to see what they could do at the end of the film compared to the beginning. And that one was a very short period of time. So um, in 12 weeks, they really were able to uh, do so much more physically than they had in the beginning. And they felt much better and lost, lost a bunch of weight 
So um, they were involved in the Q and A also when we at the end of the at the end of the screening. Gotcha. And how are they doing now? Are you still in touch with them? Yes, um, a lot of them. Uh, see, well, uh, Liz is in England, so um, I don't see her. I do talk to her some, but um, you know, she's continuing to run races and and uh, do lots of physical things. Um, and uh, the other people are are doing great. You know, they uh, they don't. You know, they they put down a lot of medications and uh, are feeling much better. Um, one of them is a good friend of mine, so I see him. I play tennis with him every Friday. So it's uh yeah I I keep I I'm pretty I think all of them except for one of them still train at Zen. And so I I, I do keep up with them still. Uh-huh. I get I bet the tennis player kicks your ass while you're on crutches. <laughs> he does. I I don't stand any chance against him. But when I get off the crutches, he's in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um. So now you you are working on or you finished a. Uh, a Spanish version that you filmed in Cuba. I uh, I have finished the uh, the filming aspect, um, and now I'm editing the film. Um, so that was uh, obviously that was a little bit more challenging because I was going to Cuba to do the filming, and um, I was not able to be with him for the training. I was only able to be there a week at a time and to show him what to do, but then he had to do it on his own. And who's he? What's that? Who is he? His name is Rediel Perez. Rediel Perez. So, so you picked one person in Cuba. How, how did you find him? So that's kind of a funny story. It's actually related to Unsupersize Us because the winner of all the challenges, um, which was my buddy that I play tennis with, Don Blair, um, I, told the, I told them the winner got to travel anywhere they wanted with me at the end of the film. And so we ended up picking Cuba. And... Um, I'm half Cuban, so I, I sort of uh, push for that, but I let him have whatever he wanted. But he was okay with that. So um, we went there, and we first got there. This guy um, says to me in the airport, "Do we need a ride?" And we did. We just flown into the airport. We didn't know, you know, where we were or what we were doing. So um, he gave us a ride, and he started talking to us, and he said he was a, a guide, and um, I really liked him. We became friends, and I went again to see him a few months later because I wanted to travel a little bit more around the country. And he started telling me about how, how he was feeling really bad uh, physically that he, you know, was his, his blood pressure was really high. His doctor told him he's pre-diabetic, you know, all the, the classic symptoms. And I just said, you know what? <laughs> I, I want to do a film in Spanish anyway. And um, uh, you would be the perfect person if you want to do it. And he said he wanted to do it. So uh, the next time I went, we started filming. Wow. And so is it still just you or the only one work, work holding the camera and all the equipment? Or do you have more help now? I had um, I did have my my uh, a friend of mine, Adam Dubbin, who also does film. He went with me and helped helped me film when we were there, which was great because it made it so much easier. Um, but I am still involved with that stuff, but not as not as much with the filming aspect. I still am doing the editing, the sound and everything else. Uh -huh. And so what 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 did it consist of? You you couldn't train him and you couldn't feed him. So how did how did you like, that's more like my life, right? Like I'm working with people right. that I have, I yes. have no <laughs> leverage over. Yes. 
So um, I had to, you know, I did the initial thing where we go shopping and I explained to him, you know, what you can eat and what you can't. Um, and then I did, you know, did the cardio with him. So I understood what he was going to be doing. And I showed him how to exercise his entire body. Um, and I gave him the program. I said, okay, we're going to be back. You know, I'm going to be back in a few weeks. So, um, you know, we're going to measure you and basically make, you know, there is an element of like when you're on film, like there's no hiding, there's no excuses or anything. It's like either you're doing it or you're not doing it. Uh-huh. Uh, I would keep up with him. I would communicate with him through WhatsApp, but he, you know, he did not falter. Um, he felt much better immediately and he wanted to continue doing it. Um, and he also was a smoker, you know, a lot of, I'd say, geez, it seems like 80 or 90% of the country smokes over there because you know, they have Cuban cigars, they have all this tobacco. And, um, that was a harder thing for him to give up because the first time I went there, he was pretending like he had given it up, but he hadn't. I mean, I could still smell it on him. <laughs> so then he, uh, uh, he was weaning down, but it's, yeah, you know, it's a really hard thing to do. So he finally did get, get completely off of the, the cigarettes. And, uh, the interesting thing is, is he made it to the United States finally, and now he lives with me. So that's another thing I haven't added in yet to the end of the film, which I'm going to add in at the end. Wow. So what, one of the raps about plant-based is that it's expensive. And I know, yep. you know, Cuba doesn't exactly have a, a, you know, a thriving capitalist economy. What was it like for him to 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 suddenly limit himself to unprocessed plant based options? Both, you know, sort of in terms of convenience, in terms of what's available and in terms of, um, you know, his wallet. That is uh, that was a concern of his initially. Um, and I always try to explain, like, you know, to create uh, meat is actually a much more expensive endeavor. And Cuba is not like they're not um, just reeling out like, uh, you know, all the cows like we are. Um, they're actually, you know, you see the cows on the side of the road um, and they're um, it's actually a 30 year prison sentence. If you kill a cow, all cow are government owned there. Huh. So it's also very expensive to eat meat because it's more it's not like they don't have any subsidies like we do. Um, so it really is not that expensive. Um, they have, you know, they have like grow houses everywhere, growing all different kinds of vegetables and they only have stuff that's indigenous to the country that grows there. Uh Um, so it wasn't really, um, uh, he, now he did have money problems, but that didn't have anything to do with eating plant-based. That just has to do with being Cuban. There's money's very scarce. So. Um, but it sounds like in Cuba, there aren't the the false, um, you know, the subsidies that make meat and, you know, potato chips look cheaper than broccoli. Exactly. Exactly. Um, yeah, because it's, you know, they're not they're not uh, per, they don't have those uh, those big cattle farms or anything like that. It's like they're using their land and it takes years and years to grow a cow big enough to uh, kill it. So that's obviously expensive um you know it's not the same as 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 having this government subsidies here to make it cheaper gotcha so what one of the the things i find interesting about these uh you know documentaries about big change 
is for, you know, sort of like I'm watching the documentary, so I kind of know it has a, some sort of happy ending, right? Like they don't end up like really like tragic, <laughs> like, you know, the person doesn't get hit by a bus two days before their last weighing. Like, it, you know, the, right. Alex Honnold doesn't fall off of El Capitan, like, right? Yeah, I kind of <laughs> know, but there's still, because you're watching it in real time, there's all this, there's narrative tension. And I'm curious what you learned as 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 a you know, as a videographer and then as an editor to make the film interesting without making it seem harder. You know what I'm saying? Like, yes, I know exactly what you're saying. Um, it is uh, the, what I do is I show uh, the hardships they're dealing with in the beginning because then you're showing um, someone that a lot of people can relate to and also someone that is undergoing hardships and it makes the viewer cheer for that. For them they're like the hero mm. of the film um and you know and you have to show their struggle in the beginning because it is a struggle when you're making those changes you know and so like, doing... like what what do you look for um uh, when you show you know what, what do you look for when you're when a film scenes that show their so if, i'm thinking like hero's journey like you know the ordinary life and how it's suboptimal yes the, the hero's journey is actually um i actually had to read that the first time i was doing um unsupersized me because I had completely like reversed the scenes and I, I had in my head, I was like, I'm going to do each scene of her fat and then her, of her at the end. And the audience did not like her seeing her be fat again. So I had the, this one guy that was a local school here. He's like, you need to understand the hero's journey, Carly, when you're making this film. Oh. So, so I, I completely had to rearrange. I actually had to do 14 edits to get it to where it was the final product. Um, but you do, you have to show their struggle in the beginning. Uh, and then I show, you know, their, their successes and, uh, but then you'll see like, you know, some struggles towards the end also, um, that they're, you know, trying to reach a certain goal or whatever they're trying to do. That's the end, the winning them being successful. So even though it's a documentary, um, the way that the, the video, uh, or the, the professor told to me was that, you know, you have to follow this plan somewhat uh, of the hero's journey because that's the way stories are told. That's what I've been told for many, many years. Right. So if you try to deviate outside that, the human brain doesn't has, has a hard time processing it. Yeah. So how did, how did you decide what to film of the, you know, the, the before stuff? And, you know, to really to really visually show because, you know, like someone could be in pain or be uncomfortable or be depressed, but that, that's not really good cinema. Right. Exactly. Um, you, yeah, I mean, you, uh, what I like to do is I like to do voiceover of them talking about what their issues are. Um, and then show them either in their everyday life of what they're doing, but then you'll have them talking about what they're dealing with. Um, and I found that's the best way, best way to show their struggles without showing like someone in, you know, in bed in pain or, or, you know, not able to go to the bathroom, whatever, whatever their issues are. You know? uh -huh. Did you did you find that they were uh, articulate about their struggles or were they did you have to kind of prompt them like this is like their normal life? And so they weren't, you know, they they weren't making it hyperbolic enough for for your purposes. Yes, I have had both of those uh, types of people and some people are very open and they'll tell you about whatever's going on with them. Um, and then some people like Tracy, for example, I had a really hard time getting her to talk about her struggles. 
she wanted to in the beginning say that she was, you know, basically fat and happy. This is the way her family was, that she had a very normal life. And it wasn't until she lost all the weight that I really got into her mind and said, now, okay, let's talk about what was really going on. Tell me about what it was like to be made fun of when you were fat. Tell me what would go through your mind before you'd walk through a crowd. And so after she lost the weight, then she opened up and I said, look, Tracy, you know, all, all obese people are feeling these same things. Um, and this is the way that you're going to help them. So when, when they can see that you went through that too, um, then they're going to say, Hey, I can relate to this person. I can do this. Um, but it was very difficult for me to get her to do that in the beginning. She would not do it when she was fat, actually. Um, so I didn't really, at the time, I didn't even know how to make a film. So I wasn't even thinking about that. I was just thinking, let's just get to the result because mm-hmm. the video will show it. Right. Um, but I do remember, I, I haven't seen it in, in a long time, but I do remember there was something about like the rest eating in a restaurant. Yes. Like, yep. like, like I remember that like hitting me in the gut. Her not being able to fit in the booth. Yeah. Yes. Um, right. And like and- she, she desperately wanted this social life because she clearly was like this fun loving, people loving person. Yes. And I remember. And, the, yeah. Yeah. That was what would happen to her when she would go on dates. So um, when she told me about that initially, she talked about it like it was a, you know, like it was, it was, these were just a normal thing to go through. Oh, yeah. You have to know you can't get, go in these booths. You can't sit in these theaters. Um, and I knew that if I filmed it, that that, despite the way she was talking about it, that it was going to, the viewer would see, you know, what, what it was that she was going through. And she had, she had rationalized it to herself that this was a normal thing. And then, of course, later on, when I got her to do the voiceover, while it was going on, it was more realistic. She felt comfortable talking about it because she had now escaped it. Right. So, I mean, what, one of the, you know, the driving forces in narrative, in a lot of narrative, is irony, where, you know, we, the audience, know something about the character that they aren't aware of, that they're, they're, you know, they're not self-aware. And obviously, the people who are coming in 50, 60 pounds overweight on medications, there's ways in which they are unaware. Do you do you think about somehow capturing their internal changes? Um, I, I don't. I mean, I, you hope that that's going to come out in the film, um, but it's like as a documentarian, you have to be. I have to be careful to not like I don't try to push them in any any way. I want them to come up with those realizations on their own. Um, so I, I don't really um, script or, or try to uh, try to show something that they may not know about themselves. I mean, if it, if it comes up, it comes up. That's great. Um, but it's not really something that I have control over. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. If there's something in terms of like if you're just if if like I'm thinking about, um, you know, like this is an action movie, essentially, like they couldn't run. Now they can run. They couldn't lift the weight. Now they can lift the weight. And there's a way in which that level is kind of, you know, sort of shallow teenage boy blockbuster, whereas what you're looking for is, you know, die hard where the character is all conflicted. And then he has some realization that brings him to his new you know, like he has to change who he is in order to achieve the new thing. And I'm wondering whether yes. whether that's something you think about as you are filming and editing. No, um, because that part is already 
happened usually by the time that they, so they know they have these certain struggles and they're already, they're already acknowledging, like, I have to do this. This is the way, uh, I'm going to get the change. So it's not, there's not really any conflict on, um, following that path anymore. Um, but I mean, that's the way I've, I've done the films. Um, that would be a cool thing to show though. (laughs) That would be a cool thing to show. (laughs) So, um, what's, what's next for you? What are you, uh, um, the next thing is, uh, finishing up editing this, uh, the, the, the Spanish movie and, I'm thinking about doing a different distribution model for this one. I've decided because my whole purpose in doing these is just to help people find a healthy way, a healthier way to live. So I think I'm just going to put it up for free on YouTube and uh, just let everyone view it whenever they want for free. Um, And I've actually thought about taking the other ones off. Hopefully my distributor doesn't hear this. But I've thought about taking the other ones off and just putting them up for free also because um, I just want as many people to see them as possible. So that's going to be a little bit of a, of a different um, distribution plan that I have, which is just letting people see the film. Um, after that, uh, I don't know. I mean, I, uh, Zen Fitness is a constant um, ongoing uh, thing for me. Um, and I have a lot of people that I'm, I'm, I'm helping daily. Um, so the next film, it's like, I don't really have a plan for it. Um, but sometimes it it will just present itself to you Uh and I'm sure, I'm sure I will find something (laughs) when I'm done with this one. So when you're between films, are you like constantly just like being a filmmaker anyway, like either shooting or, or, or scouting location or. Yes. uh, Yes, I am. And I've gotten much better at that. So I, um, like the Cuba film is going to be the best B-roll I've ever had by far. It's, I mean, it's just beautiful. So that when I was there, I was thinking like, what a great place to do a film. I was thinking that ahead of time. Um, I was looking at the beaches and, and, and the jungle there and, and, and the, just the culture, you know? Uh-huh. So that is all going to be mixed into this film. I've got like salsa, um, you know, him dancing, like having a hard time when he was, when he was fat and he's, he's, he's already a good dancer. So obviously when he loses all that weight, he's, you know, he's, uh, it's quite a transformation. So, um, uh, yes, I, I, I am, I guess you could say I'm always sort of, uh, recording and filming things and, uh, documenting them. Um, and you get more of an eye for it, you know, after, over time. Gotcha. And so one of the things that really impressed me about this was how much you did by yourself, right? Like it's what you did. I mean, first of all, I mean, it's crazy amount of hours. So, you know, a huge commitment, but also like it seemed accessible, like anyone could do something like this, like you weren't yeah. hiring, you know, a black magic 6K camera and a crew and a dolly and stuff. What, what if, if someone's out there and they're like, you know what, I want to do like a 10 minute movie and I want it to get kind of play and distribution, like how much do they need to spend? Do they need to buy you know, $5,000 prosumer cameras and, um, you know, body, body cams and gimbals and, uh, drones. No, absolutely not. So I'll tell you, you know, I, you know, I did on super size me for (laughs) $2,000. So, um, all you need is you need an editing program, which I use, um, final cut, which is last time I checked was in the three hundreds. Um, 
I would say you need a some sort of a nice camera, um, reasonably nice. But I mean, now I can do a lot of the filming with my Pixel because um, it gets great. You know, the, I get you know probably three or four times better picture with my Pixel than I did with the film the the camera I did on Super Size Me. And that's just a Google smartphone. Yeah, Google smartphone. So I use that a lot because when you're on the move and you're doing things, it's a much easier. You know, you can get a little um, a little tripod that hooks it up nicely. And you can use that. Um, so I would say you don't need to spend a lot of money. The, the most important thing is good content. If you have good content, it doesn't, it, you know, that's, that's, that's is the, the ultimate holy grail is good content. So if you have a good story and you want to tell it, you can hmm. do it. Not, it's really not that hard. Now, now that you've gotten into, um, you know, the hero's journey to, to help the narration. Do you have any uh, inclination to do like fictionalized stories? You know, I have thought about that. Um, and I, I don't know if I would, you know, my parents were in that. My parents did that. Um, I never, uh, I was in a film when I was really young. Um, I was an actor in a film and it is, it is tough because you have to redo these scenes over and over again. And it's such a big budget thing. Um, I am interested in it and I would consider doing it if the right opportunity presents itself, but I'm not really pursuing it. Uh huh. Cause you know, I think about, you know, even like a film like the game changers or forks over knives, like these, these films is sort of, you know, one has changed society. The other one I expect will that there's, they're still nowhere near as, as powerful as a, a you know, a fiction movie. <laughs> That just yeah. that just had that sort of has like the little subplot in it. Yeah. Like, yeah. You know, <laughs> yeah, you're right. That would be really cool to somehow work in plant based in a, in a, in a fictional movie with a, like a, a badass hero, you know, because right. the people who eat who eat vegetarian in movies are, are generally it's, it's to make fun of them. Right. <laughs> right. Like the, the plot is like the uptight skinny girl finally finds happiness by eating cheeseburgers. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah, that that's that is a good that, that you're putting you're giving me good ideas, Howard. Okay. Oh, cool. I'm, I'm gonna have to try and work that in. I'm gonna have to think of some kind of script. I have been thinking about writing a script uh recently, actually. It's funny that you say that. I just uh I have to just find the time to sit down and do it. Cool. So before before I let you go, I wanna talk about my right heel. Okay. Right. So um, you know, I've been pretty vocal with my my uh my people about like I'm not running and I'm posting my walks on Strava and trying to be okay with that. And Darcy, our uh, our mutual student and and friend and inspirer, um, mentioned to you, I guess, that I had this you know really painful plantar fasciitis, and you gave me some exercises to do that are making a huge difference. And so I want to like, how do you know like how do you know this stuff? What's the difference between like some trainer who's just going to help me get strong and what you do, which felt like, like if I went down and trained with you for six months, like I would heal a whole bunch of stuff. Yes. Um, so the, a big difference is I have about 25 years experience uh, doing it. So I've honestly, it's, it's the same thing like with the editing program. I have um, done a lot of trial and error. And so I have seen a lot of the same problems present themselves, right, to pe with people. Um, so I have uh, 
you know, you hear a lot of things, uh, like I see people, you know, walking with lifts and trying these different shoes and stuff that I never really see work for anybody. Um, so my idea was if you would strengthen and stretch the foot that, you know, we should as humans be able to, uh, not have sore feet everywhere we go. And so, um, I had all my clients doing that stuff and I, and I saw it working every single time for them. So it's, uh, I guess I have a really, uh, uh, advanced or, or, uh, uh, understanding of the human body because I've just, I've been doing it so long mm -hmm. working out for so long. Yeah. Cause you know, I've, um, I do a lot of running. Right. So, you know, marathons, ultra marathons, like that's a lot of training time. And I have really neglected the strength workouts. And partly I tell myself, like, I don't want to go to the gym and get a trainer. I don't really trust them to, to help me be well. I, I trust them to help me become like strong. But there's there's a way I think there's there's a way in which you view a certain type of strength as health. Yes. Can you talk about that? Yes. Um, so for me, uh, to, to be truly well, um, you need to be able to do cardio, which I always say, you know, you should be able to run at least three miles. You should be able to do a pull up, a push up. Um, you should be able to do, uh, I do like, uh, a certain, uh, leg squat exercise, like, um, low, low body squats without loading your spine for a certain amount of time. Um, you need to be able to plank for a certain amount of time. So there's basically, uh, for each major body part, there are certain milestones you should be able to hit to be a truly, uh, well, healthy, fit person. Um, because otherwise if you get into this imbalance of like the huge strong guys, like I think what you're talking about where they can't even run a mile, you know, and to me, that's yeah. not healthy. Yeah. Or just and all the guys who go to CrossFit who end up like tweaking their backs. <laughs> Yes. And, and, you know, you see that, that that's a whole nother subject that I have an opinion on of why those people get hurt all the time. Um, but, uh, okay. and, then, and then you see it on the other end where you see like the, the, the runners that can't do a push up. So, uh, you know, and they get hurt all the time too. So I think there needs to be a balance of both included mm -hmm. with, um, flexibility also. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's how I, that's how I, um, structure all my, my training programs. It's like a, like what's why I call it Zen fitness. It's like the Zen of fitness. You know, you need to have all those different pieces of the pie to be uh -huh. truly. So how does someone who doesn't live in Gainesville get started? And I'm thinking particularly about me. Like I, I really, <laughs> you know, I was talking with um, with Garth Davis, with whom I wrote a book and his pal Spencer Nadolsky, who's a, uh, you know, a well-known doc who's like really into weightlifting and does all these like, you know, shirtless Instagram lives. And I can see uh -huh. why. And like, I feel like the universe is telling me, like, dude, time time to get strong. Uh, so, <laughs> yeah, how, well, how I do, think how, you, yeah, you how do I start without without you know, like, without knowing, like, I know you and I trust you and you've helped me, but you know, how do I how do I get started without injuring myself? So, um, I think, I mean, first of all, you, I would have to uh, do a, a general assessment just to see what your I think that you have a general a general knowledge of fitness. So I think with those exercises, I mean, within 35, 30 or 45 minutes or less, if we did a Skype session, I could show you the exercises and those staples are the ones that you need to focus on because I don't think you're trying to like 
you know, become a huge muscular guy. You just want to be strong in your entire body for what you're trying to do. Right. Um, yeah. I feel like there's, there's some core instabilities. Um, you know, I have imbalances when I run. So, you know, to figure out how to like, you know, turn the, the right hip muscles on stuff like that. Yes. I mean, and all that stuff is not, um, it's, it's, it's not hard. It's just that you just need to know what to do. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I mean, that would be, that would be, uh, I could do something like maybe I could do a little, a little, um, film with Darcy showing you those exercises and then you would have it so you could do it. Okay. Well, that's, that's good for me. How, what about other people? Do you, I mean, first of all, do you work with people over Skype or are there things like, is there a, 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 um, uh, accreditation that you could recommend for people who just want to start getting stronger locally? Uh, there's no accreditation I have, unfortunately, because, uh, you know, your concern about there being not a lot of good trainers, that is true. Um, and so I can't really like recommend someone if I don't know them. Mm -hmm. Um, but, uh, it is, I do do, I do do one-on-one Skype sessions. Um, there are some people I've, I actually trained people in, um, in, uh, Saudi Arabia and Pakistan. Via, via spike via uh, skype rather um wow. so uh it, you you i do also do that it's obviously um much easier to do in person but as long as i can see your your a full view of your body then um <laughs> usually i can i can coach someone oh. through it cool i think that's your next movie is called how he gets abs <laughs> how he gets abs okay yeah, no, uh, we we could uh, we could see you know what we could pack on you in a in a six week period. I'm I'm in. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. Anything else going on that we should talk about before we go? Um, I think I think we got it. Uh, we got it all covered. Cool. So how how do people find you, follow you, stay in touch with you? Um, the you can um uh, I am on uh, Instagram as as Carly Asse. Um, and then usually I do, um, another one for the film, but usually, um, the, I have the website unsupersize me that has all the, the, my books and my course on there. Um, so either unsupersize me.com or they can, uh, follow me on uh, Facebook or, or Instagram. Okay. I usually, always, I always share what's going on and, you know, if they want to watch the movies, how to, how to find them. Great. And if they want to find out about your, uh, Zen fitness gym, then, uh, then yeah, they just call into uh, Zen Fitness, the website, Zenfit, uh, thezenfitness.com. But if you look up Zen Fitness in Gainesville, um, there's a, a, a way to contact if they are interested in doing the training. Okay, so the website is thezenfitness.com? Yep, that's okay. correct. Or they can just go find you in uh, on Google Maps or something and just call up. Yep, if you look up Zen Fitness in Gainesville, we're the only one, so they should be able to find me. Awesome. Well, Carly, it's great catching up with you. And th- thanks again yeah. for helping me. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm still I'm still walking. Uh, I think it, f- it feels responsible to uh, to rest it. But I'm do- I'm up to um, probably 70 pounds in a backpack and I'm going up on both feet and then down on the 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 one that's affected. Uh, is that all right? Yes. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm trying to go down slowly. Yeah, are you? Did you get one of the pro stretches also to stretch it? I did. Okay, good. Yeah, I man, you're on your way. Just keep yeah. adding weight and uh, and keep doing you know the three directions with your with your feet, and you'll uh, you'll wait you'll three get... directions. Yeah, the toes toes pointing outwards, toes pointing inwards, and then toes straight ahead. 
Oh, I missed that part. Toes outward. <laughs> yeah. Maybe we should, maybe we should take this offline and people won't have to listen to it. So point it like um meaning so, um, like 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 externally like, rotated, right? internally rotated. Yes. All right. I got more yep. work to do. Okay. See, this well, is the benefit of Skype. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, Carl. Well, thank you so much. All right. Thank you, Howard. I appreciate mm. your time. Oh, pleasure. Talk to you later. All right. I hope that conversation was fun for your inner documentary film buff. Uh, interesting timing because, you know, next week, I believe on the 16th of October 2019, The Game Changers is going to be available for streaming on Netflix. And well, you couldn't imagine two movies more diverse in their origins and funding. The Game Changers, this uh, high budget picture with all these thousands of people involved in it. And then Carly with his little you know, iPhone doing everything himself for just a couple thousand bucks. And uh, God, there's room for for so much on all the ends and in the middle for all of us. You know, if you think, well, I couldn't make a, a game changers, I couldn't uh, I don't have the skills or the resources or the connections or the money. Well, you got an iPhone. And uh, that's what Carly thought. You know, he just had a little cheap camera and uh I think it's cool. I think I'm a little inspired to go do some more uh, slightly higher end video work myself. So if you would like to know more about this episode and about Carly, you can check out the show notes at plantyourself.com slash 343. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to support the mission of the show, you can do so in so many ways. You can subscribe and leave a review on Apple Podcasts. You can become a patron of the show over at patreon.com and just look for Plant Yourself, or you can go to plantyourself.com and look for the Patreon button on the right sidebar, becoming a monthly uh, supporter of the show gives me a tremendous amount of stability in my ability to to know that there's money coming in that I can really devote energy and time and passion to this project without having to worry, always looking over my shoulders about uh, all right, where's the next dollar coming in from. So I really want to appreciate everyone who has already become a patron. And of course, I uh, speed say all your names at the end. So if you'd like your name added to that August list, um, that's how you do it. Uh, what else? Oh, I got some good shows coming up for you. Um, I've got two shows with people who have made great plant-based transitions. One of them is Brittany Sade, whom I met at the Triangle Veg Fest, and she's got an amazing story. And the exciting thing about that one was that she's in Raleigh, North Carolina. So she, she came out to uh, Sun Studio here and we, we recorded with video and uh, had a conversation face to face. So none of that awkward Skype delay I ask a question and she starts answering before you hear me finish the question and all that sort of thing. Um, also, a conversation with Margot Freitag, who uh, managed to resolve her own childhood asthma, severe asthma, with a plant-based diet and with lifestyle. And we get into that as well. And then one of my uh, favorite authors who wrote a book that I, I regard as kind of a manual for how to live a decent, effective human life. Her name is Caroline Webb, and the book is called How to Have a Good Day. So in, I think, three weeks, uh, my conversation with Caroline, also videoed, so uh, YouTube and podcast, will be available for your enjoyment. And a bunch of other uh, things in preparation. They're not in the can yet, so I'm not going to jinx them by talking about them 
yet. All right, in garden news, we um, are in the process of um, making a koi pond. So uh, have a little more fishy life in, in our backyard. Uh, we had some some fish, but it was also in a lotus pond that wasn't big enough. And uh, it was uh, not not a, not enough specificity in what we were trying to do. So with the help of a neighbor, we are going uh, all out koi. Uh, I've been digging. My back hurts. And uh, hopefully uh, we'll we'll figure out how to do that right. In running news, had a decent run on Sunday. It was a 10 miler, two mile warm up, two mile cool down. And so six pretty decent miles in the in the nines. Um, that felt really good. And as I said at the beginning, thanks to Carly's help, I'm, I'm not uh, having any heel pain. So um, thinking about a 10 mile race at the end of this month, not quite sure yet. We'll decide and we'll let you know. OK, thanks. Thanks to Will Ridenour for allowing me to use Sabali Dawn, the dance of peace, as the theme music for this show. Check out willridenour.com for more of his gorgeous Cora music. And of course, thanks to all of you Plant Yourself podcast patrons. Kim Harrison, Lynn McClellan, Anthony Disson, Brittany Porter, Dominic Morrow, Barbara Whitney, Tammy Black, Amy Good, Amanda Hatherly, Mary Jane Wheeler, Alan Kennelly, Melissa Cobb, Rachel Burns, Christine Nielsen, Tina Scharf, Tina Ahern, Jen, Jen Vilkanovsky, David Bizek, The Mysterious, Michelle X, Elspeth Feldman, Victoria Dolomanova, Leah Stoller, Alan Christensen, Colleen Peck, Michelle Landry, Josina, Julianne Rowland, Stu Dolnick, Sarah Durkis, Ramza Circus, Kelly Cameron, Way Patterson, Leanne Peterson, Janet Selby, Claire Adams, Tom Franzik, Jeanette Bedham, Gila Serd, David Donahue, Blair Cyborg, Dora Navizo, Gio and Carol Argitati, Jody Friesner, Ruth and Funderburg. Misha Rosen, Michael Warbeck, the equally mysterious Tracy Z, Alicia Lemus, Rebecca Hughes, Val Lineman, Rise with Cinnamon, Nick Harper, Stephanie Holmes, Martha Bergen, Nicole Ramsey, Susan Amon, Molly Lavini, Inscrutable Harry R, Susan Laverty, The Panda Vegan, Craig Kovic, Adam Sharp, Karen Burry, Heather Morgan, Ashley Corker, and Kelly Machia, DN Norton, Bonnie Lynch, Plant, Happy Oregon, Sabina Kurtzels, Nigel Davies, Marion Blum, Teresa Coble, Shell Rutledge, Julian Watkins, Reed O'Connell, Brian Sheridan, Shannon Hirschman, Kate Rosalind, Diat, Julie Lang, Home Hedegaard, Jesus Susan Watt, Connie Hayline, Aaron Greer, Alicia Davis, Aviva L, Heather O'Connor, Carolyn Jensen. Sherry Orlikoski of Plant Powered for Health, Karen Smith, Scott Marani, Karen and Joe Crabtree, Tanya Lewis, Kirby Burton, Teresa Carell, Kevin McCauley, Elizabeth Rothschild, Kelly Baker, Miracle Land, Jesse, Cheryl Dwyer, Jenny Hazelton, Valerie Pethier, Hedo W. Evans, Colleen Harrison, Justine Divot, Joshua Summermeyer, Dennis Bird, Darby Kelly, Lori Fanny, Linnea Lundquist, Valerie Hummel, Deb Casilla, Emily Iaconelli, Levy Wallach, Rosamund McAtee, Dan McCorney, Stephen Leedon, Patty DiMartino, Mike and Donna Karts, Deanne Bishop, Bill Brielf, Gunter Schmidt, Marjorie Lewis, Kelly Molden, Trisha Adams, Ian Kramer, Nancy Shelton, Lindsay Basher, Gunmarie Hagen. Tracy Gulledge, Laura Heaton, Meg from Mama Says, Rochelle Kennedy, Joan Borstein, Diane uh, Goldman, Diane Ah Goldman, Stacey Stokes, Ben Savage, Michael Kay, Holly Butler, David Hughes, and Connie Rogers for your generous support of the podcast. That's it for this week. As always, be well, my friends. So if you appreciate the Plant Yourself podcast and would like to help support the mission of the show, there's a few easy ways to do it. One is to just go to wherever you get your podcasts and leave a review. Let other people know about it. Give us some stars. Give us some love. And that really helps us be found by more people. Something else, of course, you can do is let someone know about this podcast, someone uh, who you think would benefit. Send them maybe a couple of episodes that you think would uh, pique their interest or just uh, ask them to subscribe in general. And third, you can join arms and become a patron, a financial supporter of this show. You may have noticed that there's no advertising in the show and it's free for everyone and it's supported, paid for by those who can afford it. So if you would like to make a one time contribution or an ongoing monthly 
pledge, you can do so at plantyourself.com slash gift. All right, time for thanks. Thanks to Will Ridenauer for allowing me to use his beautiful song, Sabali Don, The Dance of Peace. You can find more of Will's music at his website, willridenauer.com. And of course, thanks to all of you Plant Yourself podcast patrons. Kim Harrison, Lynn McClellan, Anthony Disson, Brittany Porter, Dominic Mara, Barbara Whitney, Tammy Black, Amy Good, Amanda Hatherley, Mary Jean Wheeler, Ellen Kennelly, Melissa Cobb, Rachel Behrens, Christine Nielsen, Tina Sharp, Tina Ahern, Jen Filkonofsky, David Vizek, The Mysterious, Michelle X, Elspeth Feldman, Leah Stoller, Alan Christensen, Colleen Peck, Michelle Andrews, Josina, Sarah Durkis, Rhymes with Circus, Kelly Cameron, Wayne Pedersen, Janet Selby, Kara Adams, Strong Fronsek, Jeanette Benham, Gil Assert, David Donahue, Blair Cyber, Toronto Vizo, Gio and Carol Argitati, Jody Friesner, Ruth Ann Thunderberg, Misha Rosen, Michael Warbeck. The equally mysterious Tracy Z of Eva Lael, Alicia Lemus, Rebecca Hughes, Val Lineman, Rhymes with Cinnamon, Nick Harper, and Martha Bergner, Susan Amon, Molly Levine, the inscrutable Harry R., Susan Laverty, the Panda, Vegan, Craig Kovic, Adam Scharf, Karen Burry, Heather Morgan, Kelly Machia, Deanne Norton, Bonnie Lynch, Plant Happy Oregon, Sabina Kurtzels, Nigel Davies, Marion Blum, Teresa Copel, Julian Watkins, Breed O'Connell, Shannon, Hirsch, Shannon Hirschman, Linda Ayat, Holm Hedegaard, Isa Tuzumak, Connie Hainline, Aaron Greer, Alicia Davis. Heather O'Connor, Carolyn Jensen, Sherry Orlikoski of Plant Powered for Health, Karen Smith, Scott Marani, Karen and Joe Crabtree, Tanya Lewis, Kirby Burton, Teresa Carell, Kevin McCauley, Elizabeth Rothschild, Ann Jesse, Cheryl Dwyer, Jenny Hazelton, Valerie Peltier, Peter W. Evans, Colleen Harrison, Justine Divitt, Joshua Sommermeyer, Dennis Bird, Darmy Kelly, Laurie Fanny, Linnea Lundquist, Valerie Hummel, Emily Iaconelli, Levy Wallach, Rosamund McEntee, Dan McCorney, Stephen Lehman. Petty D. Martino, Mike and Donna Cartz, Deanne Bishop, Bill Brielf, Gunter Schmidt, Marjorie Lewis, Kelly Molden, Trisha Adams, Ian Kramer, Nancy Sheldon, Lindsay Bashor, Gunmarie Hagen, Tracy Gullis, Laura Heaton, Meg for Mama Says, Rochelle Kennedy, Diana Goldman, Stacey Stokes, Ben Savage, Michael Kay, Holly Butler, Diana, David Hughes, Connie Rogers, Claire England, Sally Robertson, Parham Ganchi, Amy Daly, Brian Tourville, Mark Jeffrey Johnson, Josie Dempsey, Karen Schmidt. Pamela Hayden, Emily Perryman, Olga Sidoroska, Allison Corbett, Richard Stone, Lauren Vaught, Abedable Musings, Aaron Hasty, Sean Owen, Sagar Nayak, Erica Piedra, and Danielle Roberts for your generous support of the podcast. That's it for today. As always, be well, my friends. <laughs>